You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 113, Feng Shui 101, Follow the Qi. Welcome to episode 113 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, they have over three decades of experience designing harmonious spaces for their clients in their successful design businesses. Through articles, books, workshops, videos, TV appearances, and consultations, Laura and Angie have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their living spaces. Mindful Design School offers Feng Shui courses and certifications. Check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com. So thanks again for joining us. Today, we're going to do another Feng Shui 101 episode. This is the second one. And what was the last one called? Oh, what is Feng Shui? What is Feng Shui? Yeah, the first one. And this one is called Follow the Qi. Why don't you lead this one, Laura? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Qi. What is it? Something that we, we talk a lot about. We say the word a lot. We throw it around a lot. And it's used in many different practices in different forms and different names. But it's sometimes, you know, we're talking about the same thing. So there's no clear or direct translation into English for the word qi, which is a Chinese word. Actually, it's used as a word for air or breath in sort of a mundane way. It's, you know, in compound words, you know, you'll see it in there uh, in the language. But what we're talking about is we're talking about the more metaphysical part of it. So the idea of qi from the Taoist sense. And so the idea and the concept of qi is really can be read about in some of the oldest Taoist texts about how to cultivate your qi to live a better life and to be healthier and more longevity. So it's a really old concept. And I guess the best descriptions and ones that we use a lot is talking about it as a life force, as energy, vital energy, you know, cosmic breath, breath, and then in other languages, in other practices, you know, prana comes up similar. So it is this unseen energy that is really in everything. So it's imbued in everything. She is in everything from, you know, a rock, a tree, you know, your desk, me, you. So it's really this energy that exists, flows, moves, shifts, fluctuates throughout the universe, throughout everything. And when we talk about it in the practice that we do, we're really looking at how this energy and this chi fluctuates, how it shifts, how it moves, what patterns we see. We talk about it in terms of qualities of yin and yang, which we're going to talk about in the next, um, when we do another one, we will do one specifically about yin and yang. Women, we'll talk about this more. And Angie, you can give me your your perspective too on it. But you know, you can just really think about breathing, the act of breath, how it circulates through the body when you inhale, and that chi that comes along with the breath, it circulates throughout the body through the meridians. And in feng shui, when we talk about it, it's really how that same type of energy that flows through us also flows through your home and your space. But even in BTB, we talk, we we work a lot with. Uh, the chi that flows through the body as well. But yeah, so that's sort of a big, broad 
strokes of chi. Yeah. And it's like uh, in acupuncture, they look at the flow of chi in your body and it's that same life force energy. It can also be maybe thought of like your blood in a way, but it's not your blood. Sometimes uh, with our students, I kind of describe it as when you see someone that's alive, there's a sparkle in their eye. And when someone's deceased, they no longer have that sparkle in their eye. So there's no more chi in the body. Or even with a flower, you know, when it's alive, it has chi. And then when it's dried, it no longer has chi. It's dead. So that's one way that you can also look at it. Yeah. And you always, you have a good, when you talk about the character itself, explain a little bit about that. Isn't that the image? Oh, of the, yeah. So it's nice. Yeah. So our teacher, Stephen Post, he has a book called The Modern Book of Feng Shui. And in it, there's a really nice quote that talks about the Chinese character for Qi actually is an image of steam rising over rice. And so it's that uplifting energy. So we always, in feng shui, we always seek to have qi that flows upward or that qi that's moving and flowing easily rather than stuck qi. So we want to examine when qi has been stuck, like it's dammed up or it's not able to flow or that it's dull or lifeless. So we can have different qualities. So you can also just think about when you look at someone or something, you can get a sense of their chi. Is their chi cheerful? Is their chi depressed or downward? Is their chi more internal? Is it more extroverted? So you can you can play with different adjectives to see what you could apply to chi and how that might manifest itself in a person, in an object, or in a space. Yeah. And I think these qualities, the fact that she has qualities and characteristics, it really kind of comes from the basic form, which is yin and yang. And through there, you go into, and we're going to keep exploring these different concepts, but you can, you really start to be able to define it in different ways where you go into talking about the five elements or, you know, different characteristics and how chi moves when we describe it and the characteristics and the ways the, the, the words we use to describe it come out of a lot of those, those concepts. So it really is the foundation. It's the first, it's the first sort of thing, like the first this this idea of just chi itself, this big you know soup or big amount of chi itself, and then it coming together in a way that that we live and use in this world or runs through our bodies and through our spaces and throughout everywhere in nature. That's how we use it when we're in the practice. So it's it's a concept. Sometimes some of these concepts are are hard to wrap your head around if you have a, a very strict perspective. So you know, in the Western perspective, we look at things in a very linear way. You know, if A, then B, and then C, D, and you continue to move through. Whereas, you know, one thing when we're talking about these concepts and these worldviews and these Taoist principles, that's not, that that doesn't work. You can't look at it like that. So chi itself is never moving linear. It's never moving in a straight line. It's never getting progressively better, let's say. It's it's always, you know, it can fluctuate. As Angie said, it's moving. It's There's a flexibility to it. It could recede. It could cycle back to where it was, you know, who knows when, 
and it could start all over again, or it could expand, it can fluctuate, it can shift. So it's not a very sort of, it's not like an A, then B, cause and effect sort of way of looking at, at how chi affects us. So it's a very broad, open way of, of really taking a look at how we walk through the world and how our energy, the energy around us in nature really impacts us. And, and then finding the words, finding the systems and, and to sort of, to, to be able to examine it. Yeah. And, um, some ways that you can, you as a listener can start to cultivate chi or examine chi. One thing that's really, I think very fun is to practice qigong. So qigong is a very easeful martial art where you move chi through your body and there's a lot of practices or parts of qigong where you actually feel the chi in your hands. And I remember when I first started meditating, I I would go to the Jiva Mutki Yoga and I took meditation classes there. I would go in the morning with Dachin Thurman, Robert Thurman's son, and we would he would say like mantra, we're going to do mantra mondays and tai chi tuesdays and for tai chi tuesdays he would have us do like be try to feel the chi and this was when i was just starting my spiritual journey and i remember one time i told him like i said i don't really get the tai chi tuesdays like i don't really feel anything and i think he got a little bit insulted <laughs> <laughs> but now it's totally different. Like now, now I teach my students like different, we teach our students different, not Tai Chi, but different exercises that actually you start to cultivate the Chi in your hands. Cause we want our students to recognize that the Chi is not just some invisible thing that you have flowing in your home, but you can actually like feel it. You can cultivate it. You can hold it. You can offer it to your higher self. There's so many amazing ways to cultivate that. And even when you start to recognize the chi and feel it in your body, that starts to inform the way that you move through the world. Like you can even like take your finger and like put it right next to your nose and you can feel the sensation without touching your nose, right? Like I feel it like I'm doing it right or now. Or you can work on it. Like that's the yeah. nice thing about these practices. Like you said, you know, that's why these practices, you should go to them with an open mind and know that maybe right away you're not, you know, you're, you haven't connected to it. And that's the idea of cultivation of, because it's, you know, it's something that takes a little time to, to really start to notice and, and notice and tune into. So, and these techniques and tools and methods that are, you know, centuries old are really ways that you can do that. And feng shui is one of those ways that we use it for the home. So, you know, sometimes we say, oh, look, I go into a space and I know something's wrong. I can just feel it. Right. And we get, we have a lot of people that, a lot of students that come to us or, you know, we've encounter and then they say, you know, I have this sense. I know that, you know, this is something that I know I, I have, or I can tell, but I don't know how to put it into words, or I don't know how to explore it. I don't know how to go to it beyond that. So that's, these practices and these lineages, really, they give us a way to, in a way, formalize it, but really to see patterns um, and to start to develop this correlative thinking when you look at different things, these microcosms and macrocosms. And she is one of those things, you know, so, you know, you go into someone's home, like, and you feel this feeling of, oh man, does it ever feel heavy in here? Or man, does it ever feel like, I don't know, just icky. I'm really tired. And then you really think about what 
the person that living there and you meet them and they're, they are also <laughs> feeling really heavy and feeling really tired. And so, you know, how you look at your space is directly, it directly influences, you know, your, you and, and your energy, because again, it isn't a different chi, like rock doesn't have rock chi. And then, you know, I have me chi, it's just chi, but there, what you, what the way we differentiate it is really using the yin, the yang and the five elements to sort of talk about the qualities being different. So again, like all this, it's everywhere. And, and that's why in feng shui, it's so fundamental and why we talk about it all the time, right? It's like the basis of everything we do. Yeah. And you know, one other thing I wanted to mention is that another thing that we teach with our students, we, and we repeat this so much and it really takes, you have to be trained to do this, but we always say, follow the chi. So we actually teach our students to follow the chi. And so that's our little mantra, follow the chi. It's an, and it's not something we made up. That's what our teachers kept telling us too. You always have to follow the chi. Look at the energy. Look at the energy of the person. Look at the energy of the space. Where is it coming in? And that's really for all the schools of feng shui as well. Like I just was chatting with our friend Jillian Rothschild Scholar, who's a classical feng shui practitioner. And I was interviewing her for an article that I wrote for the Spruce that was more about classical feng shui. So I wanted to make sure to represent her school appropriately. And she said the same thing. Like, for instance, I was writing this article about the facing direction of the home, which we don't use in BTB, but they do use in classical. And she said, it's really about looking at how the chi is coming to the home. So on the very basic level, classical practitioners use the front door as a facing direction, but it really depends. So that's why, like, she's like, you know, you have to work with an expert because it actually might be a house might have two facing directions, or it might have another door or a door, or it might have a view there, or it could be the main street. So there's so many factors, but really what Jillian's talking about is following the chi. Which is what the professor always said when you were in doubt. So we always we often have students or or even just us when we're working with consult we're working with clients. You know, okay, so here's the floor plan, here's the house, here's the situation, and oh no, like this doesn't make sense. Like where you know what where should I lay? How should I lay the bagua? What should I do? What do I need to worry about? And you always go back to thinking, you know, follow the chi. So where is the predominant flow of chi coming for, from how, you know, and again, like Angie was saying, you know, that could be the view. I mean, you could be on a giant body of water, or you could be on a really busy street, or you could be between two streets, or you could be on the corner. And there's different qualities to each of that, you know, the energy that's flowing from around there. And that's where, you know, using your training and your discernment really is helpful to sort of decide, okay, we're there, we're following the chi, then it therefore X, Y, you know, it flowing through. So, you know, let's look at it from this perspective and really using that, that direction and the predominant facing chi to, and this is talking about another thing, which we will go into with the bagua, because we have the floating bagua that goes and moves according to the chi. So really at the heart of it, where the chi is coming from, how the chi is flowing, the quality of the chi and is really what determines really the beginning of, of a lot of how we practice everything. So that's why we thought it was, it's a really, you know, we talked about what is feng shui and now we're talking about chi because it sort of is that beginning part that you, that foundational concept that it's really important to you to understand, but not, don't try and intellectualize it too much. Don't sit there and start thinking about atomic theory and stuff like that, please. It's not that. Um, this is, again, this is a Taoist perspective. 
you know, think more correlative, you know, not A of B, then just say A, then, oh, if A, then A over there, and then maybe A over here in this sort of macrocosm where it really allows us to examine um, the whole world, or, you know, how we live in a, in a different way and in an enlightening way. Okay. So one thing I saw, and I have my, my last question, Angie, which is what does it mean when we follow the chi, which we were talking about and taking it just a little bit more in terms of not like practical, but I mean, we're always coming back to the practical here. So, you know, practically speaking, when we say follow the chi, like I said, laying the bagua, how do we lay the bagua? We have a look at the flow of chi, the mouth of chi, which is the front door, right? It's the main entry. It's where most of the chi is coming in through the home. And then what do we do with that? Well, you know, what is the quality of the chi? Is it low? Is it blocked? You know, is it heavy? And there's ways to, sorry, you can say, oh, well, what does that mean when you say it's heavy or what do you mean it says blocked? And there's there's different ways of, of examining that using either design details or, or going to one of the systems, you know, the uh, looking at um, the five elements or the Bhagwa itself as well. But, you know, really starting to look at what is the quality of the chi. And that being at the end of the day, because as we said, you know, however you feel in our built environment. So we've, we've built these in feng shui, you know, we want to cultivate strong and vital chi so that it flows through our built environment so that we can access it. We can strengthen our own personal chi, right? And sure, it's about having your house beautiful, but that's not really what feng shui is about, you know? So it's not at the end of it, the heart of it, it really is about cultivating your own personal chi. So you feel better and you're able to take on more in the world. And a skilled practitioner can really use their experience and their intuition in tandem with the knowledge and then together using skills, experience, and intuition that equates to having some wisdom in how to apply it for each individual person. So so you should definitely, if you're really interested in, in someone looking at your chi, we really recommend you work with one of our graduates. Yeah, work with one of our graduates or come and study with us and yeah. learn all about it. Yeah. But yeah, so that's so that's chi. I think because um, then when we start to unpack the concept of chi, we start to get into yin and yang. So we're that's next. So for our next feng shui one hundred and one, we're going to talk about yin and yang. But so if you haven't listened to uh, what is feng shui, that's the first one of our series. So I recommend you listen to that, and then next month we'll talk about yin and yang. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. You can tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode. And if you like our podcast and this episode, please uh, share it with others and leave a review and check out our courses, our practical feng shui and our certification program. And oh, we forgot to tell people. We also have, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Oh yes, that's right. We have, um, we have a new episode coming where we're, it's called Ask Angie, Ask Angie and Laura. And you can actually submit a question that we can, that we will answer. We'll select the most helpful ones to answer. And then we will invite you to come to the live Zoom if you want as well. So be sure to sign up for our mailing list that will be in the show notes, or you can go to mindfuldesignschool.com and scroll down and you can sign up for the newsletter. So yeah, so we are so grateful for all of you listeners and thank you for supporting us and we will see you next week.